Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Uh, new in books today, it is my pleasure to announce The Silver Dagger, The Vampires of Crimson Cove, book number two, by our own Alistair Cross. It is now available right this second if you're in KU. It's absolutely free. Otherwise, the Kindle book is $4.99, so I want to get that out of the way because that's really important. Tonight is part two of my special interviews with my colleagues in the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm very proud of the people that I work with. They are Almost every single one of them are are fabulous authors. Um, I am not. I'm a reader. But I appreciate the talents that each of my colleagues brings to the network. Um, Probably the longest-running duo um, who have been with me for years and years and years, I don't even know when they started, are Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. They are the hosts of Thorne and Cross Haunted Nights Live our horror and supernatural show. Alistair and Tamara, welcome to Authors on the Air together. Hello. Thanks for having us. I'm (laughs) thrilled to have you here. Alistair, it's been such a long time since I spoke to you because I spoke to Tamara not too long ago about her new book when Brimstone first came out. Um, You both write together, but you also write individually, and it seems to me that you are both writing all the time well we yes. are it's, it's totally true we we do we 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 start uh we get up we go to work and that's our job and then and then when we uh are off work we're usually texting each other with ideas for what to do tomorrow so yes we're always writing <laughs> now the interesting thing to me is about your your core your your collaboration is that you are with each other on skype every day I'm assuming Monday through Friday. I don't know, maybe on the weekends too. So I understand that you both are contributing to your collaborative process when you when you write a book together. But when you're writing separately, are you still Skyping together? Yes, we are. Yep. Really? How interesting. Yeah. Um, it's our virtual me- office. It is. Are you editing each other's work or critiquing it when you're writing solo books? Yes. We we write. I don't know who's supposed to answer, so I'm just answering. We, we take, say, two hours for our solos in the morning, and then we read to each other and help each other out. We don't, we don't literally edit each other except we ask for advice, but we listen to each other. How long has this collaboration been going on, Alistair? Um, since 2014 is when it started, and our first book came out in 2015. And isn't that when I first met you guys? It is. You you came uh, right at the end of that year, and uh, we had been, I think, yeah, it was the end of 2014, I believe so. Yeah, it was about uh, eight months into our collaborating. You were both so funny together, and I know that on your show and in your books, you, there is always a little bit of humor that you inject, and everyone who goes on your shows always says to me, oh, those two are just hysterical. So even though you write in the horror genre and you talk about supernatural and you have the guys who created Walking Dead and you have your Ghostbusters and your psychics and all, you really do it a little bit tongue-in-cheek as well, don't you? Tamara? Oh, for sure. 
uh, always, if Hitchcock, the master of horror and mystery, believed that you couldn't have it unless you had humor. And, and you know, we have each other and we giggle a lot. So I love you know, that. Got to have that. <laughs> so you, you've been doing your live show for, and you do a show almost every week, except now that you have um, kind of a third host who alternates week, weeks with you and does young adult horror. Tell us about your special guest host. Oh. Well, she comes on once every month or so, and her name's QL Pierce. She's an award-winning children's author and um, my best girlfriend. And uh, she procures uh writers who have hopefully written something kind of spooky or she finds a way to make it spooky uh, for kids to young adults. Um, do you like having the break since you guys are producing so, ma- so many books now? It gives you a little bit of a break, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice, yeah. Yeah, we're, we always now, get a little excited for, for YA night. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we get to sit in the background and type to each other and try not to have the giggles. It's like being back in school. Yeah. How wonderful. <laughs> now, the thing that the three of us have in common is that we're all cat lovers. Um, what are your cat's names, Tamara? Well, there's Woodrow and his brother Wolfgang Amadeus Kitty Cat, Woofy. There's uh, um, Fluffy, who stars in my new book, Brimstone, just because he happened to, he's His name, real name is Jeffrey, but he doesn't know that because we were jokingly calling him Fluffy. And um, there's... Uh, Oh, oh, uh, Becky, Becky Darkside, she's black, and um, um, Cindy, she's got a dirty nickname because she craps in strange places, and there's a couple more around here, <laughs> Nikki, um, yeah, there's cats. <laughs> and and Alistair, you have a cat too, don't you? I have two, I have a boy and a girl, the girl is Paparazzi, and the boy is Sir Percival, we call him Percy, and he... Uh, he actually is named after a feline character in uh, the first Crimson Cove book. He's So he's in the Crimson Cove series. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, you each have a new book. I mentioned at the top of the show that the Silver Dagger was the beginning of a new series for you. Is that correct? Or, oh, no, it's the second in, a, in your series, in your Vampires yeah. of Crimson Cove series. Um, that just yeah. released, didn't it? Yes, it came out on July 20th. Well, congratulations. And Tamara, your new book is Brimstone. When will we see the next collaboration from Thorn and Cross? Well, we're most of the way through the next uh, Ravencrest saga book. That's a, our series of gothic horror, right. you know, sort of an ode to Rebecca and Dark Shadows and things. And we're hard at work on another collaboration that's a big thriller, like our mother thriller uh, was Yesterday, it became the number one bestseller in thrillers or in horror suspense. Yeah, we um, saw that, um, and you you had yeah. a smackdown going with William Malmborg. So about we did. You, were, you, you did <laughs> a smackdown with him on his horror book, Jimmy. So yeah, so funny. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your podcast for just a moment. Um, who are some of your favorite guests, Alistair? Oh, wow. There's so many. I can honestly say there is, uh, we have not had a single dud. I have loved everybody we've had. There have been a few that stand out just because it's like, wow, you know, like Anne Rice. I mean, hello, it's right. Anne Rice. 
Uh, Jay Bond and Singh is always a lot of fun. He's a good friend. Uh, Kevin O'Brien is a good friend. He's a lot of fun. Getting John Saul was amazing. Um, but you know what? We've been really lucky. We, I've loved them all, truly. Good. Yeah. Tamara, and how about you? Who are your favorites that you've well, done? He, he just named them. We just had Jay again. Um, I'd add Doug Clegg to the mix. He and I came up through the ranks together, and he he's going to be on this week, and he finishes interview, and he makes us giggle a lot. Um, oh, God. Gee, there's a lot of them. I, yeah. Alistair just said most of the ones I'd say. Uh, I'm so glad that you both arrived. I know that you can't stay, but I want Alistair first to give me your website and social media information. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find everything on uh, AlistairCross.com. Um, I have all of my links right there up front, so uh, you don't really need to uh, go much further. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. I would just go to AlistairCross.com. Uh, and Tamara? Same Thorns? thing, but TamaraThorn.com. Thorn with an E. And, and Alistair and Tamara, um, Alistair first, for your collaborative books, where do we find you? Um, at Amazon.com. It's Very a good. good. Place, and, and you can also find them at our website. And Tamara, for Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live, where do we find you? At our website. <laughs> we both have a complete list of shows. On our very good. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here. I know you're very, very busy authors. And so at this point in time, I want to say thank you and ask the other hosts who are here. Does anybody have any questions for Alistair or Tamara? No? no. Okay. Every, everybody's being really <laughs> quiet, but that's okay. I'll get emails afterward. Alistair and Tamara, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Have a lovely evening and back to writing, okay? You okay, too. thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay. Next up is um, a gentleman that I've known for a while now. He has um, represented some of the best writers and has turned me on to writers that I didn't even know and to other hosts in the network. David Ivester is a very, very well-known um, publicist, uh, through the crime fiction community and some other fiction as well. Um, he represents people like Joe Clifford and Tom Pitts and um, a lot of others. And he's going to tell us about it. But one day when we were talking, he said, you know, people think the first thing they need to do is hire a publicist, but that's not true. There are a lot of things that new writers, whether they're newly published by a traditional house, whether they're self-published, whether they are small press published, can do for themselves to get the word out about who they are. It's my pleasure to introduce David Ivester, known as the Author Guide, and his show, which will start soon, is called The Author Guide to Marketing. Hi, David. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, I have to admit that David and I are very close friends. We live only about an hour and a half away from each other. And we had lunch last Friday when my cat was in surgery, uh, at, at which time uh, David treated me to a delightful Mediterranean lunch. Thank you very much. You know, David, um, you've been it doing this fun. for quite a while, um, you know, with various publishing houses and all. And then you went out on your own. And you and I talked about this a lot. You said, you know, it kills me because so many new writers and even some established writers don't know that no matter who you're published by, 
whether it's one of the top five houses or you're just getting into the market, there are a lot of things writers can do for themselves. Is that right? That is so true. Yeah. uh, One of the things that I'd like to do when I'm, when I'm working with a new author is, is really educate them on the things that they can do for themselves. And, you know, honestly, I'm not going to be their publicist forever. Uh, They need to know how to keep the ball rolling. Uh, Once you get the momentum going, uh, the author needs to really be able to take over and uh, keep things moving along. I have often said the foundation for everything is first a really good web page. Do you agree? I do. I do. And and I I do help, uh, help authors locate the right uh, web person if they don't have one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think David just dropped accidentally, so we'll wait for him to call back in. I'm going to move on right now to go to one of my favorite people. Um, and, And I always check in with him like I'm a Jewish mama, although I'm not, and he knows it. But I always say, I haven't heard from you. Check in and tell me you're okay. Kevin Deutsch is an award-winning journalist. Um, He has followed crime in South Florida and other places, not only in the States but around the world, that affects Americans. Um, He's written two true crime novels about drugs, which are a huge, huge issue right now. We hear about it all the time. He is also the host of A Dark Turn, which is a true crime podcast um, he's got some really interesting people, and he is one of the journalists involved in the Bronx Justice News. Kevin Deutsch, welcome to Authors on the Air. Thanks so much for having me, Pam. And, and before before we get started, if you don't mind, I have just a few thoughts on politics and religion. Yep. Go ahead. And, <laughs> just, go ahead. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> because, joking. you know, we're so anxious to do politics and religion on this site. <laughs> yeah. um, I know David just came back in. We're going to talk to him in just a second yep. while I have Kevin on the line. Kevin, um, you know, we did an open call. The network did an open call for podcasters. And you immediately jumped in and messaged me and you said, well, you know, here's my story, and, you know, these are the things people like about me and don't like, and here's the things that are controversial about me and that are not. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I love you. <laughs> I want controversy. <laughs> I, I love that, and especially because you are a true crime reporter. You are a crime beat reporter, not on so much you do a lot of local stories, but your stories are really sensational. The stories themselves, not that you sensationalize them. Um, uh, we both lived in South Florida, and there is um, there is a mall that is very well known in in Southeast Florida called the Boca Town Center. You there were homos- there were kidnappings there, and um, you have been following this story for quite a while. Correct. Yes, uh, I, I began writing about the uh, the town center murders and abductions when I was uh, at the a staff writer at the Palm Beach Post back in oh uh, uh, seven through oh nine, and there was there were a series of murders and abductions there of young mothers and children, um, and I've been working on that. I've been stayed with that for for the last decade, eleven years, and and now I'm reinvestigating it and updating it. Um, 
and uh, on a project. I don't know if it's going to be a book or articles or what, but we've gotten a lot of uh, incredible information, and it's just one of many unsolved uh, series of homicides across the country that, that could be the work of a serial killer, or it could not. It could be the work of copycat killers, but these are these are just uh, uh, emblematic of, of, of homicides in this country that go really underreported and uh, except on 10 or 20 year anniversaries, we tend to forget about, about murders like this across the country. Um, will you please mention your two books? Because I know Pill City is one and Pill City really is so relevant, even though you didn't write it this year. But there's so much talk about the epidemic of drugs in this country, I think all over the world. But um, let's start with Pill City and, and, and tell me more. Sure, Pam. Uh, Pill City was a book that I wrote about the Baltimore riots. Uh, there were 31 pharmacies plus a 32nd location, a methadone clinic. So 32 locations in all from which uh, prescription drugs and opioids in particular were looted uh, during the Freddie Gray, Freddie Gray riots of 2015. Freddie Gray was a young man who was killed by, in police custody during a so-called rough ride in the back of a Baltimore police van. Right. Uh, his death set off protests and, uh, in some cases, um, a violent protests, uh, which led to looting of pharmacies and, and uh, an uprising in Baltimore. Uh, and I wrote a book about the drugs that hit the streets and the way they transformed the local drug markets, the local gang scene, uh, and led to a wave of homicides and overdoses beginning in 2015 and continuing to this day. It was a very controversial book. Uh, the book I think got a lot of pushback on, but I believe that that's the point of journalism is that even when people are against it, you bring out the story, and we did. Um, and, and it's a book about the opioid crisis in Baltimore, but also Baltimore is, the, is sort of the epi, epicenter of the heroin epidemic in America to this day. Uh, but, but more broadly, uh, we are still suffering in this country from a heroin and opioid pill crisis um, brought on largely by pharmaceutical companies and the DEA um, and also in part by drug dealers who benefited right. from the uh, very From the loopholes. Sure. Right, sure. right, and so, so, so it's a, it's a it's headed monster, and we're still dealing with it. I don't know if we can get this monster back, uh, you know, put put this back in the bottle, but we're still trying. Right, and I think right. journalism's a, a big part of the accountability uh, factor with with the drug crisis we have in this country. Now, you also wrote a book called The Triangle about the Crips and the Bloods. Um, that was kind of, a, of interesting to me because you don't hear as often about gang activity, but the fact of the matter is gangs are around and stronger than ever, aren't they? That's right, and, and I'll, a perfect example arose this week. We had a mass shooting, and you'll notice the way the media characterizes certain shootings as mass shootings versus just a shooting. There was a right. mass shooting this week in California at um, at a festival at, at a, a the garlic uh, an festival, event. right? Right, the garlic right. festival. Multiple uh, wounded, multiple killed. Um, we had a an event in Brooklyn the day before, where there were ten to twelve people wounded, one killed. I think by any, uh, but but except this was in a black neighborhood, and most of the victims were minorities, and uh, the mayor refused to call it a mass shooting. Um, and, and so we've been having this debate in New York City about what do you, why is it a mass shooting when white people are killed, and why is it just why do you not call it that when it's minorities? And so, right. Uh, and, and here's the thing: 
uh, to bring it back to your question, that shooting of gang connotations that might be related to a gang feud. My book right. is about gang violence uh, in Long Island, of all places, in a, in a suburb of Long Island called Hempstead, between the Bloods and the Crips. They were, uh, there are hundreds of Bloods and Crips that across the nation. Uh, this Bloods and Crips that were beefing over a particular market, drug market called the Linden Triangle. The book is called The Triangle. And this, uh, this feud uh, is, is a microcosm of, of writ large what we have going on in this country between drug gangs all over the country. And we don't. Right. And this is responsible for most of the the, the, the gun violence in this country. But as a, right. as a media, as a larger media entity, we tend to only pay attention to mass shootings when the, the majority of gun okay. wounding, injuries, and deaths, yeah, have to do with yeah. gun shootings. Right. Um, so we, you and I talked for a long time, and then. We talked about you doing a podcast, and you wanted to call it a dark turn because you said to me, "Not you know, people don't you don't think generally start off intrinsically bad, but something happens and they take a turn, a dark turn, and it leads them to do some really heinous things." Um, talk to me about some of the people that you've interviewed on a dark turn. Well, uh, I, I spoke to. Uh... I can't hear you. You have to move around again and, and try Sorry. again, Kevin. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay now? Yes. Okay. Um, so so uh, I'll talk to literary true crime authors and victims. Victim, victims of crime. Other, uh, other, so we talk to people from all aspects. We talk to cops, investigators, victims, as well right. as uh, uh, authors. Talked to James Renner, who's the uh, author of True Crime Addict. He investigated the Maura uh, 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 McDonald. Uh, how, I, I can't even remember the young lady's name. What was it, Mary? Um, uh, disappearance. Um, we've talked to your your friend, uh, who was married. I, I actually spoke to a, a woman who was a domestic violence survivor, um, whose husband Bobby was actually recently executed in Florida and for being a serial about, killer. Yeah. Right. He was, so he we, was he was somebody I know from junior high school and high school who married a dear friend of mine and um uh ended up being a serial killer and he was just executed a couple months ago. How about how about that? How about that to put on your bona fides that you you knew a serial killer? It's just yeah. strange, and you know. This is Bob Bobby Joe Long and he was recently executed. Right. We talked to his 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 widow who the woman who right. who married him. Who he grew right. up with, his childhood sweetheart, and it was a friend of yours. Right. And she, he survived him, and and, right. and so we talked. We talked to victims. We talked to writers. We talked to, and we try to give people an insight on true crime that won't get in the mainstream press. Right, right. Um, okay, uh, I don't know who's talking in the background, but we can hear you pretty loud. So I'm going to ask you to not talk in the background unless you mute your microphone. In the meantime. Kevin, tell us where we can find you in the web, on the webs and where we can find your show. Sure. Uh, so check us out. Check out my books on Amazon. You can um, or Kevin Deutsch. My website, KevinDeutsch.us. That's D-E-U-C-S-C-H. My books are Pill City, uh, as well as The Triangle. You're on the channel here, Cousin Crips. Uh, or you could go on SoundCloud to check out our podcast, The Dark Turn. 
Um, right. So Google, Google a dark turn with Kevin Deutsch, and I encourage you to, to pick up the conversation. We're talking about a lot of really interesting things that I think are important to, uh, to the, the debate in this country. Kevin, thank you for being with me. You know, I, I love talking to you, and I love hearing everything you say. I also want to mention Bronx Justice News, which you can find on Facebook, or you can Google Bronx Justice News. Um, it's such in-depth reporting for the Bronx area in New York, um, exposing corruption and, and waste and, and just some really interesting stuff. I've never been in the Bronx before, but I read it all the time. I encourage everyone to do so. Kevin, thank you, darling. I appreciate it. Talk, talk to you later. My next guest is Libby Fisher-Hellman. Libby Fisher-Hellman uh, is so well-known in literary circles that you can't, I can't go to a conference where people aren't flocking around her. Um, she is a multiple award-winning author. She um, has probably, I've been to many of her, uh, her events <laughs> and have stood by her and with her while she has a conversation with readers. She is one of the most personable and friendly people I know. Uh, we have become great friends over the years. She ha- started off with, uh, she was with another network. She has had another podcast. She also came on with us on the air. She went and did a television show where she interviewed authors who were in and around the Chicago area. And now she's back with authors on the air for Second Sunday Books. My friend, Libby Fisher-Hellman. Welcome, <laughs> Libby. <laughs> Hi, Pam. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm dandy. Just dandy. You know, um, congratulations. I'm ready to talk. On... Po- Listen, I'm ready to talk politics and I know, religion. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> but, but we're going to talk about high crimes, which just won an Ippy. Uh, congratulations oh, yes, on that. You you got Thank the you. gold star on that, and not your first that not your first rodeo for winning awards. Um, but I was thrilled um, because that book. I was shocked. Well, that book <laughs> I was lot of, Well, you got a lot yeah. of crap on that book. Let's be serious, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But I've also been with you. I think when we met in person the first time was when. Um, Love is Murder in Chicago is going on. Right. Damn if you, damn if you didn't invite me up to Chicago in February in the winter time, and I said <laughs> never again. I will never do that. Although and you're still, you're still speaking to me. <laughs> I love you anyway. But see, what did I do? I invited you down here to Southwest Florida. It made a big difference, right? What right. a difference! Yeah. What a difference the, the temperature makes. Um, Let's talk about your writing. You have two main characters. Tell us about them. Well, I have two series. Um, One is my Georgia Davis series. She's a Chicago PI. And the other is Ellie Foreman, who is uh, an amateur sleuth and a video producer. They know each other, by the way, and they actually collaborated a little bit here and there. But they're not really great friends. In fact, when they first met each other, they didn't like each other too much because they're very different people. I guess it's sort of, you know, the splits, my split personality. One of them is very outgoing and goes out to lunch with you and gives you TMI about her life. And that's Ellie. 
And the other one, Georgia, won't go out to lunch with you because she's got baggage and she's cautious and she doesn't trust people very easily. So the, they have different arcs. There's five books in each series at this point. And um, I kind of go between them, write one and then the other, and then often I write a historical thriller in between just so I don't get tired of everything. Now, you, you yourself were a television producer, correct? That's right. <laughs> and... And and then you long you time were, ago, long time ago. Well, but did that spark your interest in creating that character? Oh yeah. Well, Ellie, yeah, Ellie was a, is a video producer, but she used to work in TV news until she got fired for. <laughs> I made this up. It was so perfect. She was doing an expose of uh, Chicago restaurants and. The fact that they weren't following the um, health department's uh, regulations, except that the one restaurant that she um, decided to um, focus on was owned by the mob. And so after, (laughs) after after the story ran, somehow she got fired from her television station. I have no idea how that happened, but she right. Well, I will tell you, for those of you who are listening, that if you ever, if you have a book club or you have a group and you want (laughs) to be entertained, you must absolutely contact Libby Fisher-Hellman because she does the most amazing talk and, and as many times as I've heard it, and trust me, I have heard it. It is so. It, we've we've done book tours together. We've done book festivals together. She's stayed in my home. I've stayed in her home. We've, uh, you know, we've gone to conferences together. She is one of the most interesting women I know, and I'm proud to say that. Thank Let's you. Talk about- I think one of my one of my favorite times. Was when we were interviewing Ann Perry, but we couldn't get the connection. So we right. put two cell phones together and it together. worked. It worked. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. We were we were at Love Is Murder, and her publicist from England was there, and we just Ann Perry, not mine. And uh, Ann Perry, right? But her publicist was there, Diane Hines, and um, she said, "Oh, here, just take my phone and call Ann." And somehow, because you're a tech wizard, and I don't know how you do it, you just got it together, and you interviewed Ann Perry when she was in London. It was so, and it was a great interview. It always is. It's because it's because I had to record it on my phone, and phone. and um, the and the publicist didn't have a recording mechanism on hers. It's so funny. That's what we had to do. Yeah. Now, when you first started with the network, you were doing Second Sunday Crime because you were only concentrating on crime fiction, and particularly you were interested in Chicago authors, which is a hub for some of the most incredible authors who write thrillers, mysteries, suspense. Um, You've you've had some of the, the greats on your shows. Would you share a little bit about who you've interviewed? 
Oh, my God. I, I mean, well, it wasn't just Chicago, but, you know, since I am in Chicago, that was sort of the theme with the blues music and stuff. But I don't know. I've right. interviewed William Kent Kruger. I've been, and he's from the mid, upper Midwest. I've I've uh, interviewed Jamie Fredoletti, Laura Caldwell, Sean Churkover, Marcus Sakey, uh, Sarah Goretzky. Um Oh gosh, I don't even know where you know. I mean, you, tons of people. Um, Andre, you Andre was just on. Oh, right, um, right, 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 right. And you know. and then you know, branching out, um, um, Chris Reich. Um, oh my gosh, uh, Jeffrey Heaver. I, I, I have to tell you, I feel like I'm following in your footsteps. I'm getting like the sloppy seconds because you always have the best, the best guest on your show. And even though Jeffrey Dever has been on my show five times, um, well, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. Because because you got you got Daniel you got Daniel Silva. So I hey, did, like, I did, and yes, Michael Conley. So you know, I can't, I can't yeah. really complain. But in the meantime, no, you can't. Uh, you know, what's new with you? What's next? Well, I am in the middle. Well, I, I went to Vietnam earlier this year. Yes. And it was the first time I've been there. And I also went to Cambodia and a couple other places. But um, I was haunted by the Vietnam War because I'm old enough to remember it and to have protested about against it. You and me and, both. Um, so um, I started to write a book about the Vietnam War, but from the Vietnamese perspective. And I have two sisters, one of uh, who become estranged after 1968, after the Tet Offensive. One of them becomes a bar girl in Saigon and is a hostess for U.S. soldiers, and the other one goes and fights for the Viet Cong. And... Um, so I'm in the middle of that manuscript right now, actually. So that's what I'm doing. I'm writing, and, and it's a quiet year. I'm not doing a whole lot else. Um, so hopefully I'll finish the first draft within the next few months. Tell us where we can find you on the webs and in social media. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, talk about being over overexposed. Um, my website is LibbyHellman.com, and that's two L's, two N's, like the mayonnaise. And um, I'm also on Twitter at Libby Hellman. I'm on Facebook at Libby Hellman. I'm um, on Instagram as Ms. Thriller author. No, Ms. Thriller. I think that's it, Ms. Thriller. And, and your uh, show can it. be heard where? Tell me where your show is. It's Second oh, Sunday Books now. my show is on the air network and SoundCloud and then Anchor FM and Apple Podcasts and every podcast that's known to man, woman, and beast. There you go. Libby, I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Pam. Have a great Thank show. You so much. Thank you so much for being with me. Oh, my pleasure. I'll see you soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Now I'm going to go back to David Ivester, who 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 dropped earlier. David, are you back? I'm here. Hi, sweetie. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to you, but I just saw that you had dropped off the network. We were talking about um, the the fact that there are a lot of things that writers, especially newbies, what we call newbies, or you know, debut novelists, can do 
to get themselves out there. And it's, first of all, not wait until their book is published, correct? <laughs> correct. Yeah, it really should start, well, it should start really before the book is even finished. Right. Uh, you know, you need to build your your base, your, your um, what I want to say, your platform, your author platform, and it's very important uh, to start that early. Right. And also, I think that, that a lot of people who use social media forget that content is king. Um, you can't oh, yeah. just say, buy my book, buy my book, this is what I'm doing. Not, you have to post relevant, timely things in your social media and on your website. Right. And you also have to interact because social media is simply that social. With the big turnaround, especially in Facebook, our largest, largest bit of social media right now, um, a, a couple of years ago after the IPO, um, you know, community pages were not really getting seen that much unless you were posting on a regular basis. But not only that, don't you have to respond to people who post? Absolutely. Uh, what I encourage authors to do is is really join the groups that really that whether it's readers or other authors, join the groups that um, associate with your genre, um, and just build relationships more than anything. There you go. Um, yeah. And on your your own whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, post things that are, that are your passion, about your passion. I mean, if, if right. animals, if pets are your passion, talk about pets. People, people right. relate to that. Right. Um, but, but build the relationship first. You know, there's nothing right. wrong with posting your cover reveal and letting people ask questions. But the worst thing you can do is uh, for an author to post, my book is, is on sale buy it before it's too late, that kind of thing. Right, it right, right, right. Self-promotion and it turns people right. off. Right, exactly. right, exactly. I agree. Right. Um, so I think you're starting within the next week or two on your show, which is the Author Guide mm -hmm. to Marketing. But if people want to find out about your publicity services, where should they go? They should go to author-guide.com. They can visit me on Facebook and Twitter and uh, let's see, what's the other one? Instagram. Those Very are really the, the three that I focus on. Um, Twitter, not so much. Uh, it gets a little clogged, but uh, Facebook and, and Instagram are, are both fun. And you now people respond to photos. Uh, yes, they do. One of the things that, of the things that I'm, I'm finding is that uh, those, those short book trailers People yes. watch those, and they're you know important. for a while they they're didn't, absolutely. and so I think that's interesting because. But you're not talking about a minute long trailer. You're talking about fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, maybe. Yeah, at the very most, thirty seconds. Um, and, Good. But it's live action. Live action right. movement draws draws people in. Uh, it, it gives them a sense of what your book is about, but it it grabs their attention and hopefully holds their interest for 15 mm -hmm. to 30 seconds. <laughs> Final, if you could give one piece of advice to, to 
authors who are stepping in now to the literary world, what would it be? Don't overextend yourself. Uh, social media is great, but it, it is very time consuming. Don't start okay. something that you're not going to be able to maintain. There you go. Thank you. You know, David, I love you, darling. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you again soon. Joan and I are going to come up to have lunch with you and, and Fred, okay? Okay. <laughs> Fred. Yeah. I'll, I'll let and, Fred know. <laughs> okay. Thank you. David Ivester, the show is Author Guide to Marketing. We'll be online with that in the beginning of the month. Thank you, David. Thank you. Good night. My Bye -bye. next guest is Maddie Margarita, who has been the bon vivant in the literary world uh, for quite a while now. She is author, also a writer. Um, she has contributed short stories and to anthologies. Um, she was also another author who contacted me and said, after an open call for host, and said, I think I want to do this, and this is what I want to do. I'm thrilled that Maddie Margarita has joined me tonight. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Pam. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. You know, we're on opposite sides of the country. You're in California, in Southern California, and I'm in Southwest Florida. But still, you and I managed to kind of bump together over social media almost on a weekly basis. We always know someone together, don't we? We do. Yeah, our our buddies Matt Coyle and Doug Lyle and Joe and, and, Don, and Joe right? and you know I I went to the and University of Miami, so um, I lived in South Florida for ten years. I so, know you did. It's crazy. Yeah, so I and like, I lived I, I like lived in Miami sisters. all my life until I came over to the Southwest side, came over to the left coast. So oh. <laughs> and I was. I was happy to escape, uh, you know, it, not because <laughs> I did not love the city, but the traffic was just crazy. And I, I know you understand what I'm talking about. Maddie, tell us what you do in Southern California first. Um, what do I do? Okay, well. Um, in the literary scene. <laughs> in the literary scene. Well, when, when I'm, um, I'm writing, I'm um, marketing my current manuscript, which is a right. humorous thriller about grief. So, okay. So, yeah. And um, when I'm not doing that, I host a uh, literary salon in Orange County called Lit Up OC, uh, where we bring in writers, published and unpublished, from San Diego, um, Orange County, LA, and the Valley, um, of all in all forms, um, screenwriters, um, novel, short story writers, um, who come in and read their work, and then we discuss it with our audience, which is kind of a unique format because it allows the writers to connect with their audience, because people don't buy books really anymore unless they connect with the author in some way, shape, or form. Boy, aren't you the? That is the God's honest truth. I um, you know, I I'm one of the only people who is not an author, uh, in in the network, but I am a a, a voracious reader, and um, so my show therefore is a personality driven show. I think that, you know, if I listen to an author or like their post, and I you know I think they're nice and they're sincere. And they're willing to respond to anything that I'm saying in social media, then I'm 
if it's a genre I'm interested in, I'm going to go out and buy their book. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. And it's hard for an author to do that unless to connect, unless somebody asks them the right question. I mean, if you have authors who are naturally introverts, um, say, talk about your book, and you get that same universal look. It's like, uh, oh, my God. But if you say, I'm, I'm so you know, glad, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to pull that thread because that is the gist of it. I want to tell you that when I get, I get a lot of books from publishers, and many times they will have a list of proposed questions. And sometimes I will start talking to someone and they want to veer back to that list of proposed questions. And I have to say, by the way, I threw that thing away. So we're just going to have a conversation now, pretend like we're, you know, sitting next to each other, having coffee or drinking a beer, having a glass of wine. And let's just have a conversation. Isn't that the best, Maddie? Yes. It's like real people. Yes. Because real people have conversations, right? Right. And and they make the best characters. They really do. And so there you go. Let's talk about character floss. Ah, well, character floss is what I hope to be um, an entertaining deep dive into the exciting um, quirks and psyche of not only interesting characters, but also the authors who create them. So I'm telling everybody we're going to talk about their characters when I'm really going to be prying into their personal lives as well (laughs) and uh, hoping to see how they come into their characters and to help the audience connect not only with the character but also with the author as well. So who best to start that whole conversation and that whole new show off than with David Corbett, who is one of the most talented writers I know and just came out with a book. About character, right? enough, right? How about that? Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Tell, tell us where we can find you on the webs and in social media, both for you and for your show. Okay. Well, I um, am active on Facebook, um, and you can see me under find me under Maddie Margarita and Lit Up OC. Um, also, of course, authors on the air, Character Floss, and also on Twitter. Um, at Maddie Margarita. And I was listening to David Ivester, and I'm going to be calling him about my website. So there you go. There <laughs> you go. Attention. Absolutely do. And you know how to find him, okay? Maddie Margarita, welcome to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I can't wait to hear Character Floss. Thank you, Pam. I'm excited. Have a good night. Bye bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. My next guest is a dear, 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 dear friend of mine who who happened to end up doing a show after we did what was called a global conversation. In When I first started the network, every year we did a global conversation on an issue, a social issue, that was resonated around the world, not necessarily in the United States. Shannon Fisher was the... Um, with UniteWomen.org, she was the coordinator for the Rape Awareness Program. She is a member of the National Press Club. She is a publicist. She is a memoirist. She is one of the most erudite and funny people I know, and I love her dearly. Shannon, welcome to Authors on the Air. Hello, my darling. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. 
Shannon, when you and I first spoke, um, you and I somehow became entwined on social media, on Facebook, as uh, a lot of us do. And um, I was doing the Global Conversation, which is an international show, a once an annual show, where we would pick a topic that we thought was pertinent to every country in the world. And the first one was on domestic violence and sexual assault. And I ask you, because the conversation was three hours long, if you would join in and be one of the hosts, how did that impact you? Uh, Well, it actually kind of changed my my trajectory because – Getting used to uh, raising awareness and having a platform to raise awareness about important issues and to educate the public uh, just really kind of kind of sparked something within me that made me want to keep doing it. You know, um, you've always been an activist. I know that. You've been a, a huge women's activist. As a matter of fact, um, after you created your first show in the network you called it um the authentic woman and Mm -hmm. you looked at uh how politics were affecting women in the united states um and you spoke to so many amazing women and then it all stopped everything changed Mm -hmm. and then you changed over and you went to our lives which is an equally fascinating show. Let's talk about our lives. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's exactly what the title is. It's it's looking into the lives of of people. Uh, my guests. I, I invite people who have a story to tell or who are experts in uh, a certain area or who have written something that is extremely moving and can resonate with a lot of people. And we just talk about our lives for the uh, the, the twenty to thirty minutes that we're speaking. Have you had any really outstanding, something that just, I mean, all of your shows are so interesting, but is there one or two or three that stay in your mind? Harvey Kay uh, is uh, an author that I've had on my show twice. And he is a historian, and so he writes about uh, the the politics of the United States from a historical perspective and also from relating it to to current events. He writes articles relating history to current events, and then he writes books detailing history. And so he's got fascinating perspective, uh, you know, from the the founding fathers to the New Deal. Uh, And so I've had him on to talk about his plethora of work, which is always very exciting. And I had on the director of Vanishing of the Bees, uh, Miriam Hanin, and she uh, she directed the show. I'm, I'm sure most, most of the listeners have, have seen the movie about how uh, we have bee colony collapse going on in the United States and the reasons for that. And so, I mean, th- these people who come on and just are so informed and are telling the stories uh, of the things that impact society that we might not know the details of, of how it all shakes down. These are the ones that, uh, that really excite me. And then of course I've had uh, the ex publisher of writer's digest and I've had uh, leaders in the health community talking about the rise in HIV. Uh, I've had Kate white on who is, Kate obviously you, yes, you introduced me to her and she's been on a couple of times and she's always fantastic. She's a brilliant, well, let's brilliant explain woman. Who she is. Kate white is the former publisher, mm-hmm. uh, being the editor in chief of Cosmo, mm-hmm. you know, every, every woman's every, but you know, 
the thing that I like about your show so much is that you seem to be just smiling when you're talking to these people. Well, I mean, I, I because I can pick the guests. I'm I'm usually pretty interested in the topic when I'm talking to them. So, I mean, I think that, that kind of that kind of transfers through when you're when you're listening. If if the host is is interested in the topic and 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 it's such a personal conversation that I end up having with these people that I I almost feel like I'm making friends. And I think you probably are. It really mm-hmm. just shows through. Um, now. You were writing a memoir about a very dear friend of yours, and you got stopped because, may I share your medical condition because you Absolutely. talk about it? Sure. Um, my friend Shannon Fisher is gravely affected by Lyme disease. Uh, we talk often, and um, I find out what's new and exciting and, and not so exciting in you know, what's working and not working. Will you talk about Lyme disease a little bit, Shannon? Sure. I mean, it's um, it, it's almost reaching epidemic proportions in the United States, especially as it comes down the East Coast. Um, and it's, it, it mimics a lot of, of other things. And so if, you, if you're one of the, quote, lucky ones who sees the tick that has bitten you and gets the bullseye rash, which only comes in about 40%, of the cases, then, uh, then then you can go and get antibiotics immediately, and, and that will all kind of work itself out. But if you don't get diagnosed until it reaches later stages, that's when it really starts to mess with your whole body and your immune system and your joints, and it gives you neurological issues. So I've been, I mean, it's been, I'm finally, finally, finally feeling legitimately strongly better, but it's been a nine-year journey to try to un f all of the things that that Lyme disease right. has done to me. Yeah, you know when you and I met last year in person um, when you were down here, I noticed that you had to have you know shaded glasses on, that you uh-huh. were real careful about sunlight and everything else. Um, are you figuring out how to make your life work around Lyme disease? I am, and uh, and a lot of the, the the actual Lyme disease at this point is almost eradicated. So right now I'm dealing with the lingering effects, the damage that it has done to my organ system. So it, it has given me uh, migraines on a hair trigger, which is the light sensitivity and whatnot. And, uh, right. and so I've been given Botox for that, which I thought there's right. no way that, that shooting Botox in someone's head is going to get rid right. of migraines. Right, botulism, exactly. Well, lo and right. behold... So I'm I'm I've gotten rid of about two thirds of of the headaches and um and 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 it's left some heart damage and so I'm working on trying to get more active without damaging the the heart. Um, but yeah, I finally figured out not to overdo because I'm kind of an on or off person. I either want to do everything and be productive or I'm kind of you know laid flat on my back. And I finally right. been able to find the happy medium where I can tell before I've completely exhausted myself and stop before I've you know set myself back. One of the things that happened when you started with the network is that you said to me, that you wanted to join the National Press Club. Mm-hmm. And would you explain, first of all, what the National Press Club is? It is a professional organization for journalists. It's the, the, the largest, um, it's, it's historic, and the, 
the actual press club building is the site of so much history in America, press conferences that have been held with generals and presidents and cabinet members and, and congressional leaders. And there are so many uh, people that have spoken there that whenever I, I walk into the building, the, the halls are very hallowed. And I just feel such a respect for the history of the building. And the professional organization is uh, an organization to provide support to journalists and also to provide access to the newsmakers, the, the, the people that I just mentioned, um, so that we can all kind of get together and, and put out the best news that we can. Is the news and press, uh, has it changed over the years for you, Shannon? A little bit. Um, it, it, it used to be very easy to do simply factual reporting without editorializing. It used to be you gathered the right. information and right. you, you you either write it or verbalize it or whatever your, your medium. And as right. things have gotten so contentious with the press in the last three years, it definitely is more of a contact and there is, um, I mean, it's it, it, it's definitely very different when covering, especially when covering government and politics. Uh, you, you, we try as hard as we can not to editorialize, unless, of course, our job is to, to do commentary and to editorialize. Um, but it's it's difficult to get access. Uh, and to a lot of uh, a lot of things that used to come easily to the press, and so it's um, it's really kind of a cat and mouse game sometimes. So yeah, in, in the last three years, it has definitely changed. Tell us where we can find you on the webs and in social media. My website is shannonfisher.com. Uh, my uh, social media is Ms. Shannon Fisher, Ms. Shannon Fisher, uh, on pretty much all uh, all of the sites. Um, the I've got Our Lives with Shannon Fisher. It's got an iTunes page and on Spotify and, and almost all of the um, the different sites. And then, of course, I'm on the Authors on the Air list uh, on, on sites there. So pretty much if you Google Our Lives with Shannon Fisher or Shannon Fisher, you can find me. What do you want to tell everyone about being part of the press? It's a huge responsibility. And and you can't take it lightly, and you have to be careful what you put out there. I mean, everyone, including myself, everyone has made mistakes and, and put forth information that uh, that they truly think is factual, and then it, it ends up not being factual. No one is perfect, but it, uh, especially in such a contentious environment, we, it's just a responsibility that we we really have to respect what we're doing and respect uh, the job that we have uh, to give people information. Shannon Fisher from our lives. Thank you so much for being with me, darling. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you back. Have a great night. You too. Bye. One of my great pleasures has been when I went to, well, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that because that's bad grammar. One of my greatest times was when I was invited to go to Romance Writers of America in Orlando, Florida. I was one of the only broadcasters there, and I had the, uh, the honor and the joy of meeting Vanessa Fewings. Vanessa Fewings is a USA Today bestselling author. She writes romance and erotica in such a way that is empowering to women. Um, we hit it off. We, 
we were kind of standing alone and we're standing outside the big conference in RWA when they have their big chocolate ball. And Vanessa and I kind of just stood aside and talked. And afterward, I contacted her and I said, would you please do a show in the network? It is my honor and my privilege to introduce USA Today bestselling author Vanessa Fewings. Hi, Ness. Hi, Pam. How are you? Oh, my God, I, I love you. You know I always oh, love I talking say, to you. Yes. Can I just say it's my yes. honor and my privilege, and I I might have tried knocking you over at the um, Harlequin party to get to the chocolate feast that was... <laughs> <laughs> They put on like this chocolate feast. That's oh my God! People you and I, they, yeah. we, just, we oh both were like going, "What are we doing here?" And we stood outside in the hall, yes. and we just started yes. talking, and it was so yeah, wonderful. It was lovely. It was and fabulous. I, had, I oh. had read some of your books from your publisher, and I was like. Oh my God! I had goosebumps, and I'm saying this is Vanessa Fewing. She writes the most gorgeous, sexy, sassy, but beautiful, exquisite oh my romance. And I thought, Oh my God, I've That's got to so talk lovely. to this woman. And you. then, and so what? What did you do? You moved into my neighborhood. You moved to Southwest Florida. <laughs> I did. I did. And, yes. And so I was thrilled. And when I first had you on, you sent me all of your books. And I read yeah. every single one you of your books. Thing. I think there were every, I mean, I read like three oh books my a day goodness. and I loved them. And I said, oh, please, 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 will you come on the show? And you said, yes, I will. And I went, yes. oh, my God. And so you and I talked. And then after we talked, we called each other. We were like giggling like a couple of fools, weren't we? I know. <laughs> it was so wonderful. It so, was. You're so fabulous. Oh, you're fabulous. And I thought, oh my, oh, my gosh, with that sophisticated, beautiful British accent, how can I not have you do a show? And, of course, I said, what do you want to do? And you said, the romance show. And I said, yes. Yes. Are you, are I'm you having terrified. fun? Are you I'm, having fun? Uh, yes. I am having fun. <laughs> I mean, the first time I said yes, and afterwards I said to my husband, I have no idea why I said yes to this. This is insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's something I'd love to do, but I just don't think I can do it. But but you were so wonderful and supportive, and you helped me get Aww. set up with the podcast. And it's just Aww. been a thrill because I, I get to chat to some incredible authors and speak to them and chat with them like and who? get them to share Tell their stories. Who? Oh, Tell my gosh. Who. Tell well, me. Because I know you've had some and, really good ones. You had J.R. Ward, didn't you? J.R. Ward. I mean, can I tell you a funny oh story? God. So a minute. Minutes before J.R. Ward's about to come on my podcast, I have this moment where I'm like, maybe it's not the J.R. Ward. Maybe it's like J.R. Ward from Ohio or something. I I'm like, it can't that. be That's the so J.R. Ward. And then she starts talking and I'm like, stay calm and try to act, you know, try to just make it. But the thing is, I suppose you feel the same way. It's about making your guests feel comfortable and making yes. them feel like really showcasing them and their work. And it's not about me. So that, the moment I got that, which was very early on, it's just been a joy. It's just been a joy. So, yes, J.R. Ward, Sarah Morgan, Melanie Moreland, uh, Laurie Oh, my Foster. God. Oh, oh my, my gosh. And, oh, Robin Lee, who, oh my God. Who, who wrote, who I absolutely adore. And she also was in the film Fifty Shades of Grey. 
right. she's Christian's uh, executive assistant, I believe, but she also wrote The Idea of You, which I absolutely love. Uh, Louise Bay as well. Um, so lots of uh, incredible authors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. Tiff Marcello. You know, Marcello. You know oh, oh, Tiff, oh, my God. When I, I met her the same time I met you at RWA, and, yeah. of course, I adore her books. I get every single one of them, and I'm, like, lost in La La Land someplace with those books. But you know what? what I find fascinating is that you're so generous to all of your guests. You don't talk about yourself. You do talk about them. I think you're as starstruck as I am. Yeah. I'm just, I, I, it is that, but I love authors. I mean, I am starstruck, obviously. I'm always thinking, how did anybody write a book? I'm always like amazed at that. <laughs> Even I write That's me, but answers. you've written. Look so, at how many yes. books you've written. Yes, probably 20, I think, now. I but know. I, so I'm always, but I've read many of these books, and I'm just in awe of these authors. So, yes, I am I am a little starstruck, but I'm also so excited to talk about, you said this to me when we first started, how much I love talking about writing and publishing. So yes. it's very natural for me. It's like my, my favorite place to be, really. Well, so, I love the fact that, you know, first of all, I got to, I like got to talk to you and that was after I think was it the prize the the icon series that you and yes, I were I talking so. and I loved it I was like oh my god I get to talk to this author and I was so excited about it but you know something oh gosh, the more I that was Harlequin yes but the more I spoke to you and I realized you had such a POV that was something I would never had. You have just a very intuitive nature about how to speak to writers in the romance level. And I, and I think I was honest with you. I told you I came to romance very late in my life. I was always a mystery thriller suspense girl. And then I came to romance and then I came to very sassy, very sexy, sexy romance. And I found you and I thought you write empowering books for women. It's not, thank you. It's not, it's not, it's not degrading. It's not humiliating. It's not off-putting. You empower every single one of your female characters. Oh, God, and, thank you. That means the oh, world to but, me. Well, but, you know, you are a very empowered woman yourself. You were in your army. You are yes. a nurse practitioner and a midwife. Yes, midwife. registered nurse. You've, yeah. Yes. You, you've done it all and I thought who better especially because I just love your accent and I love you oh who better to represent the romance community thank you so much well it's an honor you know I feel like it's a privilege I get to showcase these amazing authors sometimes we have uh, debut authors on too. We have a lot of indie authors. I love the indie community. You so, and I do. Um, too. Everyone gets a chance. Yeah, everyone gets yes. a chance, which is fabulous. Isn't that the way it should be, though? Don't you think, yes. Vanessa? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I want to talk right now about your books. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to talk about your book so much because Pervade just blew me away. Tell the story of the first. This is a duology. Let's talk about the first one. I'm so excited because the other one, the second one's coming out soon. I'm going to get the Imobi, the file to you soon, the book to you soon. Um, so the first one, it's based in London. It's about this brilliant violin student who's swept up into this very exciting world um, of political intrigue, really. But it's not heavy on the politics, really. It's more of the backdrop for the book. So you do get yes. a lot of this push and pull between her first relationship with this very sexy tech guy and then he suddenly disappears and she goes on this adventure to try to find out what happened to him and then things unfold and it gets super sexy and exciting and things just ramp up from there. This book to me was an incredible character study of what happens when you get swept away, and then all of a sudden, a third party enters unexpectedly, yes. and 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 you're confused by it. And you know how does it fit? But sometimes emotions win over mind and logic. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, what I also what I I'm really excited about the second book is we get a lot of backstory for James Ballard who who's uh, one of the characters in the book, right. as well as Xavier, and you get to see how they met, and you get that backstory, and you get their relationship. So you get to see, it really does make the fir- the first book completely fit because you you just have the complete picture, uh, which is why a duet was so important. You know, um, having lived in South Southeast Florida, I know you set some of your books in Miami, which I loved and I thought was funny. And, um, and I related so much. It was wonderful. Um, What's next on your agenda? Because I know you're releasing Pervade Jamaica, Montego Bay. What's next after that? I'm, I've not told anyone. So this is a big announcement, but I'm going to, I'm writing a romantic, a, a romantic comedy. No, I am. Yes, because the thing is, I, I finished thing? the vape. Oh my goodness, I finished the vape. It's still going to be a sexy and a little erotic. But the thing is, I finished writing for Vape Montego Bay, and I was like, oh, I think I need to write this for everyone now. <laughs> I mean, it's a very it's a happy that. ever after uh, for Montego I Bay, but that. I just felt like I wanted to put that out into the world. And I had the title and the idea. It was going to be an erotic very dark erotic book I had the title and the idea for it and then as I was writing it I was like I said to my husband oh this is funny this isn't dark and erotic. I love that funny and the characters are kind of cute and that was it the book book the book is the boss as Stephen King says I love that tell us where we can find you on the webs um for your show and for your books Thank you so much. Well, the romance show is on SoundCloud and Authors on the Air and um, Sound- and iTunes. And then I'm, I have a website, Vanessa Fewings. I'm on Facebook um, as Vanessa Fewings, on Instagram, Twitter, um, the music book in Maine. And, and I have a private group called Vanessa Fewings' Romance Lounge, and that's fun because a lot of us get to chat in there. It's like a private group on Facebook. So and how's your doggy? 
He's amazing, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. He's our foxhound mix, and he is just so cute. Every day he gets more affectionate and just oh, he good. runs up to I'm my so husband glad. a lot of the time for hugs. And so, yeah. We're just very This is my friend Vanessa Fewings from The Romance Show. Please follow her podcast and go find her on bookstores online everywhere. Vanessa, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much. Lots of love to you. And thank you for inviting me on your great show. You're absolutely welcome. Have a great time. Take care. Bye. You too. My next guest is Carrie Schaefer. Carrie, are you with me? Carrie? I am here. Hello, darling. Hi. Uh, Carrie is my sister from another mister. When we email, (laughs) we always cuss. (laughs) I mean, really nasty, very horrible cussing, but laugh ourselves silly. (laughs) What did we talk about tonight, Carrie Schaefer? We talked about starting a podcast for goat lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and and we found out that, oh, my God, there there's is a, market. a whole, there's a market for people who love goats. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this came about you. because there was a book up for, you know, I was looking through a publishing catalog, and there was right. a book, it specifically was Goats of England, I believe, or something, right. and I was like, oh, my God, who and there's a market for it. so There really is. There. And, and one of the funny thing is that when I went and I Googled books about goats, and I, <laughs> I, I threw it back to Carrie, and I said, okay, here you go, witch. You know, some of these <laughs> things are best-selling books, too. And we were laughing so hard. Let me introduce my friend, Carrie Schaefer. Carrie is also known as Carrie Ann King. She is a best-selling, highly acclaimed author of beautiful, wonderful, sweet, terrific fiction. Um, she is a psychologist. Is it psychologist, Carrie? No, counselor. Counselor. I, I, yeah. <laughs> counselor by profession and now retired. But she also is a creativity expert. And let me, if you don't know what that means... Carrie explained to me that everyone has a creative side. You know, you have a left brain and a a right brain side. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I have a dead side on both. But (laughs) but Carrie explained to me that, no, we do have both an analytical and a creative side. When I invited her on to come on Authors on the Air, she was coming on as Carrie Ann King, and we – chatted and laughed and had so much fun and then we called each other and talked and it was I don't know it was crazy after that wasn't it Carrie yeah it was pretty much Uh (laughs) uh-huh I think it was the swearing that made me know I loved you yes you said that to me you said oh my god you like to cuss and I said yes I do and you said okay we're being friends forever so Carrie and I have been laughing, and at first she was going to do a show about how to draw your inner creativity until I forced her, literally forced her, I'm not joking with you, to do an interview. And she goes, oh, shit, this is so much fun. Yeah, well, let me explain that the very first interview that you forced me to do, I actually forgot to record. and. 
had to do over okay. again. So let's okay. let's not forget that fun little detail. Okay. Well, whose fault was that? Mine. I'm sorry. It's not. Well, I'd like to blame you. I, let's I know blame you the are. goat. I, I, okay. I feel I feel the goats are involved somehow. Okay. Carrie Schaefer, tell me about your your writing and your your author life, and tell me about everything good. Oh my, that's kind of a lot. That's that's a big. Um, that's a, okay. You got okay. You got all right. Am I, am I here? Is Carrie Schaefer or Carrie Ann King or both? Probably both. We're both yeah, here. Yeah, both. You got one We're, minute, girlfriend. Oh, I better talk really fast. So, <laughs> Carrie Ann King is uh, very excited because she has a new book. I, Carrie Ann King, I have a new book coming out um, October first called Everything You Are, which is and my we're new Carrie Ann King it, book, right? We're talking yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on the show yeah. with you, and I'm yes. excited about that. And I'm on deadline turning in another Carrie Ann King manuscript on August 6th. So that is really awesome. And I'm really, really itching to write another Carrie Shaper book. So I'm looking at a paranormal thriller or fantasy or something and haven't decided quite what that's going to be. So, Carrie, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Why why are you writing, you know, in different genres with a different name? Why are you using a your name and a pen name? Mm, that was my publisher's idea. I was writing as Carrie Shaper doing fantasy and paranormal thriller when I got the contract with Lake Union to write women's fiction. They stipulated that I needed a pen name because they felt that readers would be confused by that transition i personally felt that readers are really smart and might not have a problem but <laughs> I, I agree with you you know yeah. i agree with you i i mean i you know it's like nora rob okay you know nora Roberts, who, who does you know her thing yeah i i it's not a big secret is it no no and i don't have to keep it a secret it just uh for marketing it kind of makes sense i guess they are very different genres and so it just makes it complicated for me i have I to make sure get, get to maintain several different uh media profiles and all that sort of thing which takes a little extra I time think, i think it makes you very very smart and very intelligent to be able to write in different genres and a hell of a lot less crap having to go ahead and haul these social media sites, I don't know, color me crazy. Well, you know, it's fun. I I read in all genres, so it just doesn't, so do you I. know, I'm a very eclectic reader, and I've always read everything. I was really kind of shocked when I began writing professionally to discover that I was expected to kind of stick to one, and I've not been very good at that. So, so let's talk about your background. Give us a little history, mm-hmm. please. Uh, writing background. First, what what kind of background well, are you? Your background. Your background. My background. Have, yeah, you know. Yeah. Come on, give it up, so girlfriend. I've been writing forever. I, I will talk very fast. So I um don't talk I very am, fast. You're the last one here. <laughs> I am. I do have a counseling degree. I also have a nursing license, and I have worked in both of those capacities off and on. One of the most exciting jobs that I ever had was working as actually as a, a mental a mental health crisis person, which took right. me in and out of jail. I talked to the cops. I met people on right. the very worst day on a regular basis. And I've found that that has really been valuable for really all of the writing I do because it helps me yes. get into where people are coming from. And, it's reality. Um, it's reality, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Yes. Yeah. 
And then that has led me to, I'm just, I'm very passionate about uh, the idea that we need to be doing our creative thing that we were put here to do, and that if we're not doing it, a lot of us will actually get sick in one way or another. Now, Pam thinks that she doesn't have any creativity, but <laughs> look at what she's doing, putting together this, you know, I, I look at what you're doing, you put together this whole amazing network of authors, you talk to people, and you figure out this person would be a good podcast host, and then you talk them into doing it, and trick them into interviewing people <laughs> when thank they you, think they're not thank you gonna so much do that. for saying talk them into and trick them into <laughs> that makes me so freaking legitimate i'm so thrilled that i invited you on <laughs> i am too I'll actually i'll be I'm, calling I'm, you later okay <laughs> i'm delighted to be on <laughs> But well, the point being that that is a creative outlet for you and something that you're very good at. It is. And well, so you know, we all need it, to do that thing, and that's why I get so passionate about inspiring other people to get with their creative stuff. Well, you know what? Let's talk about Creativity Quest. Okay. You, when you first started, you said, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and be me, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about how to be creative, left brain, right brain, the whole nine yards. And then I, t- I said to you, okay, take a leap off the, off the deep end, girlfriend, <laughs> and interview someone. And what happened after that? Oh, that's just absolutely amazing. It's it's growing. Uh, my my thinking about the podcast has been shifting over the last you know month or two, and it's so fascinating for me to be able to interview people and talk to them about their creativity and to kind of have a meeting of the minds about creative process and what gets in the way and what inspires us how we come to write our books, where, you know, where all of this comes from and where it goes. Today I got to talk to somebody who took her creativity into working in a men's prison for for years and right? you know, meeting people I never would have met, and I'm finding it inspiring for me um, to I, get to I'm talk so to these people. I'm so excited about that because when you said, okay, you know, I really just want to go ahead and talk about creativity and how to draw out the individual person's creativity. And I said, oh, come on, kick your butt to the side and talk to someone. And, of course, and, and as, as Carrie mentioned before in our emails, we cuss an awful lot. But, um, but she did the first interview and said, wow, I really like this. It's I really did. cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, People, I love creative people. I love creative people. I don't think I have a creative bone in my body, except I can set up a really great party and I can cook. And, um, you know, I can talk to all of you people, which is kind of easy. That's all creative stuff, Pam. Well, but because you all are crazy as loons. I mean, I can talk to all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy goes with the territory, I think. That's what makes it it fun, right? It does. It does. Tell us where we can find you on the web. In all your different personas, please. In all my different personas. Okay, so I'm kind of everywhere. So as Carrie Ann King. I have a website, which is com. I am on Facebook. I have its author, Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann King, is my page. I'm on Instagram as Carrie Ann King. Uh, there's underscores in there. So it's Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y, by the way underscore a n n e underscore 
King, as in King. I'm also on all those places. Well, no, I'm not on Instagram. It's Carrie Shaper. I'm. I have a website, CarrieShaper.com. I have a Facebook page, Carrie Shaper Books, and uh, let me see. And then Creativity Quest. There's a Creativity Quest page, and then I have right at the edge is my main creativity. I call it writer mindset coaching. So uh, rightattheedge.com is my website for that, and I also have a Facebook page that is Right at the Edge. So I want to just do a little asterisk on this. I have no (laughs) idea who this woman really is. I don't care. She cracks me up. Every time we talk, we have a good time. Her Her name is probably Mary Smith in real life. But there you go, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what her real name is. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Me? My real name? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still talking about me? I, Carrie Schaefer. That yeah, would be sure. me. Right. Okay. 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 All right. That's my story, and I'm yeah. sticking to it. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Carrie, thank you for being with me. You know, you and hey. I will be talking tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Am I in trouble now? Going to principal's no, office, never. right? Who, me? <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Have a good time, okay? All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome home from RWA. Thanks. That's our show for tonight, everyone. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is crazier than the first one. I want to thank you for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Good night, everyone. I'll see you later. Bye.